Look at that. I got some video footage of Rand oh at the intro. God. I it's, thought a lot of people, well, you, you, hey, it's on your channel, buddy. So that is true. That is true. That there. is when people say, hey, you should be on camera. I'm like, I was. I was on TV. Don't you remember? Go check yep. it out. It's on my channel. Exactly. Of course, everybody, I'm back with another Games Talk Live. And of course, this time it's with Rand Althor 19, a proper one on one here. What's how's it how's it been, Rand? It's 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 been good, Fonz. I uh I hear you're loving Halo, bro. Loving the Halo. Halo Infinite has been pretty darn good, and we'll we'll get into some of that a little bit later. But uh first, you know, it's the beginning of the show, so it's all about you right now, Rand. Really? And I'd all like about to ask me. you Ooh. some questions, sir. So, first question. We all know you're the man with a million. Million gamer score, of course. Uh, what what made you start a YouTube channel? What made me start a YouTube channel? Yeah. Interesting any question. inspirations? Um, you know, I didn't really have any inspirations per se, but I will say one of the driving forces behind it was the one and only Tim Dog. Tim Dog really? kept on he kept on pressuring me to to do it. He kept on saying, "You, you know exactly what you're talking about," because we had been podcasting. Uh, together on TXR, uh, we, we you know we we I think we started that show in like 2016. So he would always be like, "You need to start your own show or your own channel, make some videos. You're very knowledgeable." And he kept on pushing me and pushing me to do it. And I was just like, "I don't know who wants to listen to me, right?" You know, we all have that imposter syndrome. Like, like, do I really know anything? And who wants to listen to me talk about anything, right? And a lot he, of people reigned. A lot of people. <laughs> he he kept on pushing me to do it. So it was just like one of those things where I was like, Yeah, why not, right? Why not mm -hmm. why not do the channel, see see where it goes? And you know, at the time it was just like it seemed like a good idea. So I started the channel up and um I never thought it would be what it is now. I never thought I mean I didn't think I'd hit ten thousand subscribers. And then here we are, like, you know, essentially five years later. Um oh yeah, essentially five years later because I started it at the end of 2016 when um forza horizon 3 came out and we're around 84,000, which is ridiculous i That's never great, thought i'd man. reach that number um you know me and jazz started a podcast and yeah xbox two tell xbox us a little two? bit about that you know, man. like i never like it was just something that me and jazz like we, we talked uh in skype or uh, in dms and then we would actually like voice chat and skype talking about like gaming and some of the rumors or whatever that he would hear and I would hear. And it was this really good conversation. And he was just like, it sucks that nobody's ever going to be able to hear these things. And I said, well, why, we can do a podcast. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And it's like, we started, we just started the show on my channel. It's been going on for four years now. And dang, has it been that long? I know, right? Four it doesn't years? seem that long, but it's wow. it's been four years. We're almost... We're almost at the 190th episode, and yeah, you know, we, we, there are some some shows we, we you know we miss here and there because you know Jez is in Germany or he's in the UK, so there's a big time difference. Sometimes he's tired, sometimes he's not, or sometimes I can't do the show. So there are times we miss, and yes, the show can be a little fluid. Sometimes it's on Friday, sometimes it's on Saturday. Uh, yeah, but um, I don't know. We we we've. I really love doing the show every week with them. Uh, like to see people come and listen to us. And this past weekend, we had like 1,100 people. Yeah, which it's is had a lot of growth. Cra like crazy when you think about where you started versus where you're at. Yep. Like when yep. you first started it back in four years ago, and you were just I mean, amazed to see like dude, anybody. When I first, you know, there. when I first started this show, I was getting like 50 viewers, and now I'm still getting 50 viewers. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No. Shout out to everybody in the chat, man. We've got a lot of good people in the chat. Uh, we've got Ashtray Gaming, Blue Moon, Jordy, uh, Jacob, uh, Masserect is here. He's uh, one of my channel members. Good to have him here as always, but. Yeah, Joanna Dark. I see all all of you out there. Rat, what's up? Uh, yeah, so you've been doing this thing for a while now, five years. You've had the podcast for four, and that's crazy. I, I didn't even realize you guys were doing it for four years already. But again, I was just thinking the other day, and I told Dealer while we were about to go on the air with RDX, we've almost been hitting five years. It'll be five years uh, next year, I believe, five years. So yeah, yeah we, I, we've been I, I on four years as well. 
I think me and Dealer started our shows respectively around the same time. So, close, yeah. Cl- close, close to the same it's crazy. time. And it's crazy to see like you know Dealer's channel and, and and podcast grow to the you know to the lengths it's grown and stuff. But I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's just really cool to see. I like I like talking to to the people like when they show up and the chat can be amazing like it is here. You know, sometimes you get a little some trolls that always show up that try to ruin yeah. it for everybody, but. It's just really cool talking with Jez and like honestly, sometimes we don't even really talk about like like the we just talk about what's going on in our lives or just the jokes between us and, and people seem to love it. Like it's just it's it's weird. Like I never thought people would care that much. You know? Yeah, me neither. And it's just yeah, yeah it's just yeah. it's 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 a it's a blessing. It uh, is. It's awesome too. But it's hey. one of those things where like you started up and you didn't realize like it was just it was just a, a random thing. It, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do a, a a YouTube channel. Tim Dog basically pushed me to do it. And now I can't imagine not doing it essentially. Where yeah. it was it was just like a random thing. It was just like ah nobody's going to care. Why am I even bothering and and like today like it's just like people do care. Even when I when I get little like nihilistic about myself or when I say people don't care and people don't listen, I always get people that be like, that's bullshit. I love your show. You know, I, I, I watch all your videos exactly, and, yeah. you know, that means a lot, you know, so. It, um, it does help you. It does help you because I know I've, I've, I've had those days where I was feeling like, you know, people really aren't watching, you know, like, what, what am I doing? I, I, and then somebody will come along and just send me a random DM or something and say, hey, man, I really appreciate what you do. And it just reinvigorates me. And I'm sure that happens to you all the time as well especially with 86 something thousand subs i mean you must get a lot of messages yeah you get get a lot of messages a lot of messages on xbox live it's great yeah so okay so you've been doing this youtube channel thing for a while like what is the the like what is the best like takeaway from this youtube channel that you've created and like the like have you had any like real moments uh, that maybe a video or maybe during a podcast, maybe you've interviewed somebody who knows what has been like the best thing that's come from your YouTube channel in your opinion. Um, well, I'll, okay. Honestly, the things that give me the most satisfaction are the messages I get from people telling me how much they look forward to my videos and how much they love watching them and yeah. how much, I recently got a couple messages and I'm not making this up about this guy had sent me a message and he, and he was telling me how much this past year it, my videos had gave him a sense of normalcy because his, um, his, 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 his dad had died. Oh wow. And it was a really tough time for him and he, and he was in a very dark place and um, he said that my videos were like uh, something he could focus on and it made him feel better. And when you when I read something like that, like I make yeah. videos about Xbox, you know, I make videos about maybe the news that happens or my opinions on something like. And I don't really think much of it like, OK, it's just my own opinion about it. But then you like, honestly, like you get a message like that and someone's like, yeah, I was in the darkest place of my life and you helped me get through it. I mean, I don't know what to say to that. Right. I, like, and that's like, for me, you know, we've had Mike, your on the show. I've had, you know, people at Xbox talking about my videos and meetings, which I've heard about in a positive and a negative light <laughs> crackdown three, for instance, you know, I've, um, you know, we've, we've had so many like viewers watching, like, uh, I remember when like the Halo Infinite free to play thing broke and me and Jez were live and we had like 4,000 live viewers and I've had like a lot of views on some videos, but like what matters the most to me is, is that people watch the videos and care. So getting messages yeah. from people about how much they enjoy the content and how much they like how I'm, I help somebody. Like I, I, even right now, I'm kind of getting a little, a uh, little emotional about that because that's mm-hmm. not because I know what that's like because we've all had dark days and we all, yep. everybody kind of grabs onto something to to you know st- stabilize them, right? So like that was an eye opener for me, you know. And then some of the relationships, like 
you know, before I started this, I didn't really know you, but we talk all the time. You know, yep. I talk to Colt every day, talk to Cognito, Dealer, you know, some of my other friends, uh, some of the relationships, you know, Jez, someone I talk to like every single day. Like those things are the things I cherish the most. And they're all because of the YouTube channel. So it's not really a video I made or an interview I've done. It's for me, when I think about it, it's the messages I get from people that, you know, say how much they enjoy watching and stuff. Like yeah. if that makes sense to you. No, you know no, I mean? no. Cause I, I 100% agree, man. I ha I 100% agree. People don't understand. Like um, some people do understand how, how long these videos sometimes take. Um, you know, when you're creating something, you're editing, you're, you're putting a lot of passion into it. You're trying to entertain people. And sometimes like you'll create things that some people may not notice or something and you feel like, oh, they're not noticing. And when they do validate that and they say, come, they come to you and say, hey, I noticed you did this or whatever and it was so awesome or whatever. It makes you feel really good and, and everybody wants to feel good. And uh, it's, it's just an awesome, awesome feeling. And uh, so I agree with you, man. I agree. Well, let's go ahead and move on here. Uh, Rand, I, I basically want to do this little thing here. The last time you were here, you were on with my good friend yes. Ramon Terrell. And we were just talking about it was an E3 special. It was like an after E3 special. So we didn't properly get to play this little trivia game. Ah, the, yeah, we, I haven't gotten to do this yet. No. I, I, I was... Uh, I, I hope yeah, you're ready. We, we did the E3 show with uh with your buddy. Yep, yep. Who's who's also a fantasy author. <laughs> like, yep, also a fantasy author. Yes, and um, you've been up all night reading fa fantasy yeah. books. So you know, it's funny you talk about the friends we make and everything, right? And uh, yep. they'll they'll make fun of you. And Colt does it all the time. Colt told Fonz was uh, ripping Fonz mm. because he thought I was going to oversleep this yeah. show because I didn't go to bed till nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not going to sing the song he made about it, but he had a whole song that he sang about how you were going to sleep through Games Talk Live, and it was hilarious. Colt, only Colt can sing these funny little songs, but yeah, while we were in party chat, he just kept singing this song about how you were going to miss my show, and uh, yeah, shout out to Colt if he's listening. I, I think he's the one missing my show right now. Yeah, of course. Where Where is Colt Eastwood, huh? Yeah. Mm. Talked all that stuff. But anyway, know, right? let's go ahead and get into this. Rand. Five questions. All right, Rand. Five questions. Okay. Four trivia and one question that is very subjective. But as host, I have the power to say if you were wrong or right. So, Rand, let's get some music going. You know, with me not being on camera. You can't tell if I'm looking at Google. And you better not look stuff. at Google. I'll give you a few seconds. Anyway, what is the name of the antagonist? Antagonist in Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, Come on. I should know this. Uh, Shriek. Shrek. Shriek. You're yeah. right. How many trolls were there to fight in 2018's God of War? How many trolls? How many trolls did you fight? Or how many are there total? Oh, I don't know this. I'm just going to guess. Because guess oh, gonna, make a can, guess. Go ahead and make well, a guess. I was going to say, like, since it's the only boss you ever fight, and they just paint them a new color every time? Yeah. Six. Ten. ten. There's ten. And there's also a trophy you can get for killing all ten. Oh, okay. True or False. Rockstar made all of their $540 million they spent on Red Dead Redemption 2 in just three days. True or false? True. Yes, they did. They made $725 million on that single-player campaign in three days, folks. Yeah. What is the name of the silent protagonist in the Portal series? Chet, I think. Right. Okay. The music can stop now. Because okay. now you're down to your subjective question, and that is favorite gaming experience of all time. Uh, see, this is a tough one, because you always give this to people, and it's interesting always to hear other everybody else's the, responses. The favorite experience, right? you know? Favorite experience, and it kind of goes in with that whole 
IGN poll that they recently did about the greatest game of all time. Yeah. Right. And I've always kind of felt. I but it could be like, an experience that you, you know, something you've experienced around gaming. Doesn't have to be a, a game necessarily. You know? Yeah. Okay. Favorite gaming experience. All right. I'll just say this because it was in the intro video. Uh, going to E3 and breaking a million gamer score. Was, really? Would, would probably be my favorite. Yeah, I mean, because like, let's you let's said, go ahead. You said you said an experience, not even really a game. Let's go ahead and play that clip. Here's the experience, Rand. Relive it. Oh, look at that handsome guy right there. Huh? Relive the experience. Everybody at home can open up the proof. Is in the profile, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go I ahead and pull it. up that profile. There you see. Look at that snake. We're gonna snake pull it I used to right have now. for my profile. There we go. One million. Looks really good. I'm gonna have you throw that controller down. I'll throw down my cards as well. I gotta shake your hand here. Congratulations, you. Matt Kelly. I mean, uh, how does it feel to do this? We're here at the Xbox booth. This is your favorite game on the Xbox One. We're at E3 2016. This is your first time here. That's such an awesome feel? experience. Yeah, incredible. Uh, I, I I can't even really probably convey my emotions right now. It's it's been a, ten years. I've been, I, I've been trying to do this and to finally get it here, being invited to E3, uh, I, I'm, in, I'm in heaven. It's like a dream. It's something I always, I've always wanted to do. You know, I watch all the Xbox pre press conferences every year and I'm just really grateful and uh, that Phil and Mike and everybody at Xbox decided this was something that they wanted to show off. So I wanted to thank them personally and uh, all my friends out there. So uh, I, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, and I mean, you now have a few days to explore the E3 floor. Uh, you know, on behalf of Phil and the entire Xbox team, we want to thank you for coming out here. I mean, uh, devoting so much time into all these games. Hopefully, you've enjoyed uh, awesome. the journey along the way over yeah. the past 12 years, and it's special oh, to have man. you here with us. So once again, congrats this on crossing me, uh, that million mark. Thank you very much. Chills, man. All right, so it turns out and that you, this is the first time you got to meet Phil, but until right? Today, in person. You guys have never met uh, face never to met face. until today. We literally had met we like met two right days before. No, Phil is. You know, people can say Phil's a liar and all this stuff, but like Phil is an incredible, hey, incredible. Congratulations. One million. That's amazing. On Ori, what a perfect game to do it on. Awesome. So. Rand and I play games usually once or twice a week. We get online together. He did kind of carry me through Halo 5 Legendary. That <laughs> is my, true. I did carry you through he's a Halo 5 gamer Legendary. Than I, but I, one of the things I love about the Xbox Live community is people like Rand who get on, support other people playing games, help people do streams of showing what new games are like. I mean, this guy right here is such a vital part of the Xbox Live community. He does it, you know, all because of his love of games. And uh, having him here at E3 is really special. So I'm glad Super. he's here. Well, congratulations. That's a huge achievement. Bravo to you, sir. Bravo to you. Thanks so much to Phil Spencer, Mike Ibarra, and That was yeah. awesome, man. That is. I mean, like, how could that not be my favorite? I mean, I, you know, you could point to, like, Halo 2. I played that every single day for a year. Or, like, PUBG, 900 hours with my guys. But, like... You know, that's something that's going to honestly, like, stay with me forever. Like, yeah, that's like all the culmination of like all every game, you know, from like my first NES, Sega Genesis, the Playstations, everything basically culminating into that moment, which, you know, it's uh, <laughs> incredible <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. How nervous was, was I? I was a ten, bro. Like, because we filmed the Ori thing um, earlier and it's a, the end segment's difficult if you've played or you know that end escape sequence is pretty difficult and i think it took me a few tries to get it right and then they, when i came back for the thing with phil it was supposed to be a different thing it was supposed to be like an interview where i would talk and then they were like don't look at phil and don't say anything and i was just kind of like i, I was just it, it was live so i was just like you know, <laughs> I was like really like nervous, man. I, I, I knew I that can and stuff, imagine. so it was just like, but yeah, like uh, that's pretty pretty crazy, man. Like that would be that'd be mine, right? Yeah. Uh, were you nervous around Jessica or or Phil? <laughs> I mean, Jessica's a amazing person, and it's funny because like uh, after the show is over, uh, I wanted to introduce myself, but I just I couldn't, and Phil saw that. Phil was like you want to meet jessica and, I, and i'm like yeah he's like oh you're, <laughs> you're a little like, yeah. you're scary he's like all right i'll introduce you and he still he still gives me shit to this day about how like i didn't that's funny uh <laughs> introduce myself to jessica and i made him do it that's um, funny 
yeah. So Phil's Phil's an incredible person. Like, yeah, I'm I mean, a, I'm a bit biased when it comes to you know what he's done for Xbox and what he's done for me. So, and, yeah, you know. and you know what, I and I know that's on your channel, but and I hope you don't mind that I took it to to show everybody. But it's it's really a special moment, and I knew that that's what your favorite gaming experience was going to be, and I wanted to show people as well because that's what I like to do on this show. I just I want it to be a little different. I like to show clips. I like to make little montages for people if I can. And so I just had to share that with everybody. So yeah, no, it's, it's amazing that you knew that would be, it would be my, Oh, my, how could it not? I know. Right. How could it not be? Right. How could it not? But if you had to pick a game though, what, what would it have been? (sighs) I mean, probably halo two. I just Halo Two. Great Halo one. Two got me into Xbox. It got me into online gaming. I was, yep. I mean, I, I talked about PUBG and how I played that for nine hundred hours, and it was incredible. But there was something about playing Halo Two back in two thousand four um, that was just magical, and it, like it was like an addiction almost. Yeah. Um, so if I had to pick one, it would probably be Halo 2. And it's not even like for like an amazing campaign or whatever. It's like literally that multiplayer experience that still sticks with me. It was a great campaign. I mean, it was really it was good. Great. You know, but then I always kind of look at like games by generations. Like if you to pick your your favorite NES game or your favorite 360 game or whatever, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, for me, it probably would be Halo 2. Because if it wasn't for Halo, I doubt I would be on Xbox, and I doubt I would have a million gamer score. You know, because I was a PlayStation fan, a PlayStation fanboy, Fonz, before all this. Like, I was PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. I was, I got, I got an Xbox at, in 2004 for Halo 2, but then I was I, just oh, like... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was big into PlayStation, right? I was like one of those guys, like, they can do no... Because they had everything. Like, PlayStation 1 and 2, they had every third party... You know, they had exclusive like Metal Gears, Devil May Cry's, Grand Theft Autos. Like you, you wanted to play a game it was on PlayStation, especially big game. And then I got, I got the it. Xbox in 2004 and started like, okay, Knights of the Old Republic is great, Halo's great. Uh, they had some really, Jade Empire, they had some really cool stuff. And then the 360 came out a year earlier, right? And I picked one up in January of 2006, so a couple months after launch. But in the back of my mind, I was always waiting for the PS3 because the PS3 was going to dominate, right? And they, oh, Sony the had shown processor. off those. Yeah. Well, the Sony had shown off those CGI trailers of like Killzone. You remember all those things? And they looked really oh, yeah. cool. So I'm like sitting there as a PlayStation fan, being like, "This is the system I want." And then that E3 happened, where they were like, uh, "Yeah, 600 bucks." And at the time, I was like, "Yeah, no." And so I, I, I basically drop. I didn't get a PS3. Um, I was like, cause at that point I was like in the, in the Xbox ecosystem, I was playing everything and it was just like, I don't need a PlayStation, especially in those first, first few years where they didn't have anything, you know, like it wasn't until later on where like after Naughty Dog released Uncharted 2 and Last of Us and the infamous games where it was like, okay, well maybe I want one now, but even then it was like, eh, and then the PlayStation 4 came out and they didn't have anything at launch either anything that was you know i wanted to play and it wasn't until it wasn't until that e3 moment that you showed like i was there then and then sony's show showed off god of war 2016 or god of war 2018 for the first time they showed off spider-man they showed off detroit become human they showed off days gone and shadow the colossus and i'm like well i guess now's the time to get a playstation because now they have all the stuff that i want to play but yeah i was i was a i was a big playstation fan before xbox yeah i was a I was a fan of both. Honestly, I got the PlayStation 1 late. Uh, it was a couple of years late, but I got it for Final Fantasy 7. Uh, honestly, that was the game that drew me to the to, to the PlayStation. Um, but yeah, uh, I bought the uh, Xbox Day 1. Uh, the, Halo and Morrowind was actually one of the games that I freaking loved. I loved Morrowind so much. It was such an incredible game because it was the first time a big RPG like that was on a console. You know, a Western RPG, uh, a big Bethesda game like that. We haven't, we hadn't seen nothing like that beforehand. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty amazing. Um, I want to talk about Halo Infinite a bit. So everybody is, you know, out there. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people are playing the beta right now. Halo Infinite flighting, you know, and uh, 
Digital Foundry has confirmed that the game is pretty much running a locked 60 FPS at 4K and a locked 120 FPS at mm. eight. And, and the 120 uh, FPS is running 1080p, a dynamic scaling, 1080p to 1440p. So uh, for the 60 frames, it's dynamic again, 1800 to 2160p. So that is confirmed that it's pretty much a dead lock with those and it feels great i've been playing at 120 frames myself and man i am enjoying it my friend uh have you got to play any of it yeah yeah, yeah. i played i played the halo uh that first uh flighting i played and (laughs) all my like all my concerns about the multiplayer just washed away because of how good it plays how how it's like it, it just controls so well and I never really doubted three four three wasn't gonna nail the multiplayer because five was really good as well. So and just but to see, I, I love the I love the one eighty reactions that everybody has, and I'm sure everybody at three four three is happy. Like you know in twenty twenty when they showed off that that campaign demo, and Craig you know readers all the ugly head right, and uh, everybody kind of turned on the game. Yeah, you know, the I game did was too. Supposed to be out. Yeah, and everybody was like, "You can't release this," and then they delayed it. Yep. Um, this is kind of why you delay games, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is why you delay games so you make them better. Because um, I think we're going to get a much better experience and all around. By the way, I just want to say, on your screen is 120 frames. Well, it's not showing 120 frames here. Because yeah. YouTube it's in can't 60, do, but it can't do it. But I, th- this is what I, the mode I played it in, and it looks it looks great. It looks fine, yeah. and you know, 1080p up to 1440p. But I, I've had no issues with 120. It's well, it's where I know, prefer to play. Multiplayer is all about how it plays rather than how it looks. You want those extra frames, right? Um, so no, it's 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 great to see everybody talk about it on Twitter. How much they love it. But I just like the the one it, like. Everybody was a little concerned last year. Now everybody's loving it. And uh, yep. the only thing that's left is the campaign um, to see what that's like. But I think the campaign is going to be really cool. Um, you know, if you, if you, especially Hope if you so. can use the, the, the grapple hook. Because how yep. fun is it to use the grapple hook in these matches oh, or fun. the repulsors? Just like the idea of using those things in the campaign. I don't know. It kind of makes me smile because that's, that's the whole sandbox of Halo, right? So... Um, yeah, well, we can't. I mean, what we got two months left to wait. Essentially, that's it. December eighth. Um, do you think there's going to be another flight uh, towards the yeah. end? Do you think they have another one, say in like November? Maybe November fifteenth. I, I, I can have see like that. an open flight for an it open bit. Ba- like yeah, yeah, an open for flight. Everybody yeah. to play yeah. one last one. Calling it a beta. Sorry, Ryan in the chat said it's a flight, not a beta. He's right. It's it's a flight, but uh, I think they will have another, um, and I think it'll be open. And, and that'll be cool. Everybody can just come in. Because this time, they actually gave you friend codes. So you can actually send a code out to a friend that didn't get in. So uh, that was pretty cool that they did that. So they're trying to get everybody in this. Uh, they want to really stress test it. And so far, so good. Especially on console, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's I've, having I've a little no rougher issues. time on PC, from what I understand. Yeah. So, I well... Um, for some people, apparently, because some people aren't having much issue at all on PC, and some are. I, I don't know. It might be specs of their computer. Who knows? But there were issues that were confirmed, and they were, um, I, I think they were patched just the other day. So I think they should be good to go. Um, not sure on that, because I don't play on PC. But I am excited for this game. Uh, I'm excited to try the campaign. Hopefully it's good. Because everybody knows, for me, 343 has not delivered on a proper campaign for me to really um, enjoy. Uh, so hopefully they do with this game. I I just want to play in this world. I, I think it looks really cool. It feels great. Uh, I'm ready. Yeah, so. me too, man. I, I can't wait to get my hands on the final product. That's why I haven't really been playing too much of the flight. Because I don't want to get burned out. I yep. just kind of want to be like, all right, I played it. Uh, for a little bit, I, I know I'm gonna like it. There's really no reason to keep on playing it. I, I want to save myself for the proper release. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Sappho with the five dollar super chat says, "Shout out to the man with a million and the Fonz." The Fonz. What's up? What's up to you, my friend? Thank you very much for that. Um, yeah. So let's talk about a an acquisition that just happened recently with PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Sony 
picked up Blue Point. Can you believe it? Like, I would have never have guessed never. that they would ever get Blue Point. Such a surprising thing. So surprising. Um, that's sarcasm, folks. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, what changes now that they've acquired Blue Point? Nothing. What changes? Nothing. I mean, they're, um, they're a studio that's been working with Sony quite closely for their last few games. And Sony, they must feel that uh, that they're they're worthy, quote unquote, to bring into the family. And uh, mm-hmm. now they're going to be making they're going to be making PlayStation games. Uh, well, I, you new mean, content. I guess one continue? of the things was is is with with the acquisition because Blue Point's mainly known for their remakes, and they make incredible remakes. You know, they, they just yeah. released Demon Souls. They remade Shadow of the Colossus. Um, they're really good at what they do, but I think one of their goals as a studio was to make original content, make original like new games, and that's a little bit maybe tougher as an independent studio sometimes, especially if you have, you know, aspirations to make something big, right? Something that looks really good, something that's really big, really expensive, and you need, you know, a backer. And Sony feels obviously that they they add something great to their studio lineup. And uh, it was only really a matter of time. Like we had always heard that House Mark and Blue Point were kind of like that, like Returnal and Demon Souls were quote unquote tryouts to see how they would gel. And well, Sony bought Retur- Sony bought House Mark, and then now they just bought Blue Point. So it's going to be interesting to see what their next game is. Uh, they said it, they didn't really say it was a new IP. They said they were they making something with like original content, though. They said original yep. content. Because there were rumors that they were making a Metal Gear Solid remake. And, you know, people were like, well, look at this quote. It says original content. That means it's not Metal Gear. But it's like, mm, they didn't say original new game, though. Like, it could be original content in the vein of, like, Resident Evil 2 remake, right? Yeah. Like, where exactly. there's stuff in the game that weren't wasn't in the original, right? Um, but then we learned that Konami is making a new Metal Gear or remaking it with a different studio and all that stuff. And possibly Silent Hill as well. Apparently there's like three Silent Hill games or something. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, it's, um, you know, everybody seems to be the consolation of the industry. Um, gaming's running on this high. Everybody needs content. Content is king. So, you know, we saw Microsoft go from five studios in 2018 to... What, what do we have now, Fonz? 23 studios in 2021? Yeah. Right? So yeah. Let, had- let's, go, let's go ahead and get into, into that because I think this all kind of melds together when we're talking about uh, Sony acquiring Bluepoint because that's that's consolidation. That's, that's bringing another dev team into your own ecosystem and you're going to be cultivating this um, dev team. You're going to be backing this dev team. And consolidation uh, at the end of the day means, you know, to make stronger as well, as well as, you know, to be part of one. Uh, so if you think about it, I mean, they could possibly just make Bluepoint even better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they could have the capital to do that. That's what Microsoft is doing for many teams. Look at Tim Schaefer uh, with Double Fine. Yeah, he's pretty much said that his game, Psychonauts 2, would not have been good without the acquisition uh, acquisition of Microsoft and the help. So that extra capital, if you will. So, I mean, this all really stemmed from this right here, and I'm going to play this. And look, this is the Colin clip. Everybody knows about this from Sacred Symbols. This is what Colin had to say uh, on, you know, this whole consolidation issue. And we're going to take a deep dive into this, but this is not a blast on Colin or, or Dustin or any of these gentlemen because... Personally, I like Sacred Symbols. I like Colin. I like Dustin. I, I, the, I've i listened to these people for years, so I have no issue with them. I do take issue with some of what they say, but I have no issue with them. So this is not trying to slam anybody. I want to preface this with, with, with that. And uh, yeah, so here is what they said. Microsoft buying any of those companies would be heinous with a capital yeah. H. And it would make people hate Microsoft if they went and did something like that. I'm telling you, they do shit like this at their own peril unless they bought one of these publishers and left them completely alone. No one is going to tolerate a reality in which Microsoft gets take two and then takes Grand Theft Auto away from 150 million people that own GTA 5 or something like that. It's just nuts. And I think it's Mm. 
I've been pretty nice to Microsoft and I think that they deserve a lot of the kindness that comes from this show. Not that they care one way or the other. I think they're doing a nice job, but here's the reality of the situation. Microsoft has done very little with studios that it has nurtured and founded itself. And it is going around and grabbing things off of the market because it cannot satiate that demand internally. And that is not a problem that is happening with PlayStation. And that Mm -hmm. is the two things that differentiate the two. And by the way, if Sony came out and said, we're buying take two, I'd be like, that sucks. You know, a lot of people were, were rumored about the Square Enix thing and all that. I'm like, that would suck. I want Sony to make new teams. I want Sony to make new IP. And maybe you buy one or two teams that you worked with, which has always been their tradition. But no one can go and say like Sony has gone and really injured other companies with their acquisitions. And this is the kind of thing, Bethesda's one thing, but this is the kind of thing where I would find this completely unacceptable. And I think Microsoft must know that it will backfire yeah. on them if they do if they push this too far. All right, Rand, what say you about all that? What say me about all that? Um, Microsoft is a hated company. I think uh, Windows Central just put out an article not that long ago saying they're one of the most yeah. hated companies in the world. Um, true. I, I, I do agree with Colin that there, it, in the scenario that Microsoft bought Take-Two, there would be people that would hate them. 100%. Oh, yeah. 100%. For sure. I agree with that, too. Um, so... He's not wrong in that sense. And yeah, they do do that at their own peril. But I think for most people, it wouldn't be that much of a big, uh, uh, of a big deal. Well, think like, about it, Rand. Play, they would play a lot the of games pe- where the games were, right? A lot of people hate them for getting Bethesda. Well, that is true. That is definitely true. But hey, they're bug Bethesda now, Fonz. Their games never were good, right? Yeah. Uh, according to well, some people. Sure. It, Wait till that Elder Scrolls 6 comes out and, and we'll see all the tears. I mean... Yep. Yeah, Microsoft does. They're looking for more teams because they they need more. Like uh, they got Game Pass. We know that they need to put more games in the Game Pass to keep the subscriber count growing, which will probably dovetail into another topic here that we're going to be talking about. But um, it's just one of those things where, like, video games, like the money in video games is so much now that it's and Sony and Nintendo and Xbox and Embracer and Tencent and all these companies like they know that they need the teams because the teams make the games they need the IP and everybody needs more you know Xbox was not going to be able to go into this generation with five studios and do what they did with the Xbox one which was rely on on second party and third party relationships yes it worked on the Xbox 360 mainly because the PlayStation was so overpriced and they didn't have anything good until later on that the 360 like just dominated from the beginning, especially here in the U.S. They got away yeah. with basically having no studios, right? Okay, so you mentioned the five studios originally, and Colin kind of hinted at this, and later on they kind of expanded on it and said that, you know, there was a lot of mismanagement with within those five studios, as if they, they haven't really cultivated anything out of those five studios, which I disagree with completely because they've had a lot of hits with those studios we're talking coalition playground games well some people would argue that gears has been mismanaged uh i've seen that on twitter i don't really think so i think i think what you're seeing with gears is just the natural fall off of people's excitement towards a franchise that has basically been releasing a game every couple years since 2006 i think they're essentially over it but when you look at like is as has halo been mismanaged you could probably say, yeah, Halo Master Chief was a disaster for a while. Uh, Halo 4 was good, but then a lot of people didn't like Halo 5. You know what's rated really highly and was successful. Yep. Uh, people look at Halo Infinite and they're like, wow, there must be some big problems going on. And But, you know, judging from the reaction of well, beta, it doesn't really seem like, you know what I mean? Like The, the funny part is when they did expand ab- upon it, and I don't have the clip. I'm sorry, guys. But they, they mentioned games like Crackdown 3, which oh, yeah, again, yeah. it was yeah. Sumo Digital. D- Dustin uh, mentioned um, Crackdown uh, yeah. 3. Crackdown 3 and... Um, Scalebound. Scalebound. And, and, and I'm uh, thinking to myself, wait a minute, those aren't uh, st- Microsoft Studios. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you he, he, did, he tried making the point that... They were mismanaged. His point was that you shouldn't want Xbox to buy anybody else because they'll mismanage them. And his whole thing was... Look at what they did with Scalebound and Phantom Dust and Crackdown 3. 
which yep. okay fine you want to make that argument go ahead but you need better examples like crackdown was made by sumo uh phantom dust was made by somebody else i can't even don't even know off the top of my head scalebound was platinum yep. like those aren't examples of xbox mismanaging one of their well studios. of course and, and this is the one argument i will say that while they are managing their own studios when they contract out to these AAA studios or AA, whatever they are, and they want them to make a game for, you know, Xbox, uh, yeah, they manage their own teams. But I will say that there has to be some upper management from Microsoft kind of overseeing sure, the of projects as well. So I, I will say that that old regime that we had there at Microsoft, uh, we're talking about these games were with that old regime i mean honestly uh and i think that they're just still feeling those old days of microsoft and xbox i mean wouldn't you say that sure i but i i think a better argument would wouldn't necessarily be they mismanaged their internal studios although you can maybe make a case with 343 judging well we'll see how infinite plays but yeah we'll see it maybe that they don't really pick good partners uh would be a a, a better thing because you look at uh you know crytek and rise insomniac and sunset overdrive remedy and quantum break sumo and crackdown three um all those games that were basically one and dones like none of them got sequels except for ori which is a shame because people would love a rise Two and people would love a sunset overdrive two and a quantum break two and all those other games um but hey external factors happened um yeah. so it's and i i think i've talked about this at length with colt it's just People want to live in the mindset of Xbox is bad, right? Xbox doesn't yeah. want to make games. They want to live in the 2013 mindset that Xbox One was a bad generation. They didn't release any good games. They want to continue to live in that mindset because it's an easy joke to make, right? And Xbox, they haven't released any games from their new studios that have been made under them, like... We know that Bleeding Edge was already being made pre-acquisition. Same thing with like Grounded, uh, Psychonauts 2, even though they've said, hey, the extra time and money yep. what we poured into this was a direct benefit of Microsoft and the game's better because of it. People still say, well, they started that working on that game in 2016, right? So they fall back on the old, old tired excuses of Microsoft doesn't know how to make games. And that won't really change until... We see Hellblade 2 come out, and we see Fable come out, and we see Avowed come out, and all these games yeah, have started. Yeah. And if they're good, then people will be like, okay, Microsoft has changed and know what they're doing. Even though you're going to have an amazing Forza Horizon 5 come out this year that's going to be highly rated. Um, even though you're going to have Redfall and Starfield come out next year, but people will be like, that doesn't count either because Starfield and Redfall were in development. You know, pre-acquisition, the same thing with Deathloop. So it's just people wanting to hang on to the ability to downplay what xbox is doing based on like you said the previous regime change previous people yeah, because, who were in charge without I mean, a budget phil, so phil phil basically got blank checks on a lot of this stuff and a lot of these deals to go out and get and make xbox better right i mean this is this is what i'm i'm thinking about all this stuff when they're talking and they're saying things like why did they pick up Ninja Theory? And I'm sitting there going, for diversity, game diversity. They want a diverse lineup of games in Game Pass because everything is all about Game Pass right now with Microsoft. Yeah. So, of course, they want a, a, a big, diverse lineup of games. Hargeet, uh, Hargeet, my boy Hargeet out there with the five says, Bethesda proves that buying a publisher doesn't hurt but helps Xbox. Bethesda worked. Game Pass subs are up and consoles are selling out. He's right about that. But I think the, the main thing here, Hargeet, is that some people are thinking that they might be mismanaged. And that's 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 what I want to talk about here with this whole consolidation thing. Because I think a better question is, would it be... Um, so, about the mismanagement thing, is it, it, what, is it truly bad for the industry? And is it dependent on who's consolidating? It depends on who's consolidating because I don't think yeah. anybody wants to see Google acquire somebody because everybody expects Stadia to just close up shop at some point, right? Yeah. And nobody really wants to, like if Bethesda was acquired by Stadia, like nobody wants to play Starfield 
on Stadia. Like that's just something that is where you're just like, eh. like Microsoft acquisition. The Bethesda thing is is people like look at it like okay that's good because it definitely seemed like they wanted to sell. And Microsoft is way more open about where they put their games out. Like you're gonna get an Xbox port for the console. You're gonna it's gonna be out on PC day one, right? Unlike Sony, who still is very much like we're gonna release it for PS5 and then maybe 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 on the PC a couple years later. With Microsoft, you know, like you're getting a console port, you're getting a PC port, both on day one, and then you're gonna be able to stream it on your phone on your tablet, on your PC, stream it on your old last-gen Xbox. Eventually, you're going to be able to stream it without any console uh, through your smart app on your TV. It's like, actually, and Jez and I have talked about this in Xbox 2 Fonz, when Elder Scrolls comes out, whenever it comes out, Microsoft projects it will reach more people than it ever would have before, simply because of the PC, Xbox, streaming, mobile uh, way that they're going, right? Mm -hmm. So... It really, I think it does depend on who buys them. Um, uh, personally, I, I a lot, of, even a lot of people when they're talking about Bethesda, they're like, "Oh man, I'm really happy Microsoft was the one instead of Sony, because I can still play on my PC, which is not something you get with PlayStation at this point. If PlayStation buys, let's just say, uh, um, Square Enix or or another publisher like Ubisoft, the PC ports are they're done. Like mm -hmm. if you want to play something. You can only play it on PlayStation, but yeah, if Xbox for, for at least it, a year or two, right? Well, for at least a couple of years. But if Xbox bought it, you don't necessarily have to buy the hardware. Yeah. Like, and member member funds. I always find this interesting. Like, when we were in the lead up to the Xbox One X or Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S launch, all the PlayStation fans were like, "Those are useless consoles because I have a bomb ass PC. I don't need a Series X or Series S, right?" Um, but it's just like, okay, well, if Microsoft bought that, go play on your bomb-ass PC. You can play Grand Theft Auto 6 on your bomb-ass PC. That's the thing with Xbox is they're beyond consoles, even though consoles are important. But you can still play all the games pretty much everywhere. The only place you're not going to be able to play is PlayStation. You know, so I think it really depends. I don't think it hurts the industry because I think with some of these smaller teams, uh, I, like Bluepoint and Housemark, yeah. Ninja Theory, Obsidian... I think you're going to get incredible games from them that you wouldn't have gotten if they weren't purchased because they'd have to they'd have a limited budget. So I think because of this, we're going to be getting great experiences from all these studios that were purchased. So I actually think it's a good thing, personally. Yeah, I mean, more capital, uh, you know, more investment into these games. Period. I mean, that that's that's the one thing. And if Microsoft truly just lets these developers do their thing. Uh, like say Bethesda, because I see some people are like, well, Bethesda is not going to be the same Bethesda anymore, which I think is ridiculous, right? Uh, Native had a comment earlier in the chat where he said that he's not going to look at Elder Scrolls Six as a premium product, and I'm just like, why? Why not? You think they're going to change? Like suddenly, do you think that Bethesda games are just not going to be the same because Microsoft acquired them? I don't think so. I think that's why they acquired them. Is because of their big games and their, you know, games that a lot of people love, like Elder Scrolls Six. So, I mean, what do you think about that? that well, mindset? I mean, Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls has a um, a bar to live up to, right? There's expectations yes. with it. It, it has does. to look a certain way, has to play a certain way. Anything less, people won't tolerate. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that concern is just goes into the concern trolling about Game Pass, how game game like you won't get big big games in game pass because it doesn't make sense or because the money's not there and stuff which mm -hmm. is completely false but once again proof is going to be in the pudding you know people need to see it and they need to see redfall and they need to see starfield and they need to see hellblade 2 and they need to see these games uh to be like just finally put that narrative away that like yes. no they aren't going to be uh you know every game's not going to be a games as a service or you know what have you and they're not going to be a two-hour experience or something short like he's going to be big games but I, I think a lot of it is like people just it's just the console war dude you know yeah some yeah some and no people, it is because right yeah. now it's it's playstation versus xbox in this uh th this discussion and like i was saying earlier that's why i directed it towards 
consolidation being dependent on who is doing the consolidating. Uh, because, again, say a Tencent picking up Bethesda may be a horrible thing, you know, for us gamers. But even if it went to PlayStation, in my opinion, even though, yeah, they would have kept it off the PC, you know, uh, ecosystem, for me, uh, I know that, hey, I, I, I own a PlayStation or I can go out and buy a PlayStation. And I know this whole thing about people can't just, uh, some people anyway can't afford to buy two consoles. Hell, I can't afford to buy two consoles at the same time. But you can save up a couple years down the line by next, uh, the next one. You know, I waited a, a, a while before I could purchase the PS5. Like, I didn't have the money uh, to do both at once. So I, I just think it's, it's very dependent on who's doing the consolidating. Danny Passion Official says, if I pay someone to build my house, it's not my fault if they do a bad job. That fanboy is totally wrong, but he's making money hating on MS. I don't think necessarily Colin is trying to be a fanboy or trying to hate on MS. He is in his feelings a bit in that comment. I, I mean, obviously, right? Uh, but I, I just think that it's just his, his opinion is a bit misguided. Well, they were talking about that because of the whole rumors that Xbox was about to acquire Take somebody. Like, remember, remember that week? What was it? Two weeks ago now? Everybody was yeah. like, Xbox is going to acquire somebody. It's for sure happening. And then nothing happened. Like... Because when that's when that stuff happens, it'll be out of nowhere. Nobody's gonna know. But they were talking about rumors, right? So, yeah, I mean, he's a PlayStation dude. He doesn't want you know those games to go exclusively to you know the Xbox. But you mentioned it, like yeah, the difference between PlayStation and Xbox is PlayStation. You only be able to play it on the PS5. Xbox, you don't even need the console to play the game. You'll be okay. able to play everything on PC. Like yeah, so you don't need to buy it. And Native, he wants to clarify because he said, I was putting words in his mouth about the premium thing. Not, not necessarily because that's that, that's what you're getting at here. Um, but you yourself don't put a premium on Elder Scrolls 6 because Xbox bought them. But you personally don't feel it because they haven't shown. Oh, okay. So Bethesda themselves. That's what you meant. Okay. I get. I got you. Um, see, I, I think th their new engine is... is going to be out there with starfield i think that's the first time we're going to see creation 2.0 or whatever yes. um so we'll see what the new engine is like hopefully it's a lot better than the last creation engine um yeah i i, I hope so uh hargeet again with the ten dollar ten dollar super chat says i think it's all fear when microsoft says they're all in they can potentially own that that industry this is a realization that is hitting PlayStation fans. Nintendo is different enough. PlayStation isn't. Well, I, I think that that's interesting that he, he brought that up because PlayStation is trying to hold on to tr tradition by, you know, hey, it, it's exclusive games. Uh, we want to keep everything on our platform. However, they are changing a bit, right, Rand? I mean, they are starting to put yeah. some of their games on PC. Yeah, so this industry is changing. Yes, the industry is changing. Nobody, if you would have said back in 2013 that by the end of the generation, Sony would be putting their their own exclusives on PC and uh, would be cross-playing with the Xbox, people would have called you insane. I mean, hell, no, They people, did call us insane when we said it, They did call us insane when I said, <laughs> we said Horizon it. Zero Dawn was going to PC. And we, we've been saying forever that that's the whole plan. It may not be day one right now, but it, it could be day one at some point down the road. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, they've talked about it. These games take so long to make and they're so expensive to make that they want the extra revenue stream, yep. right? So you put something like Horizon Forbidden West on PlayStation 5 and it'll, it'll sell there. And then a couple years later, you put it on PC and sell there. Like it's all about money at the end of the day. And they realize, I think they realize that putting it on PC doesn't really hurt at all. Um, and Microsoft realized that as well. So it's um well yeah, i the, think they still feel that it does because they're not putting a day and date you know playstation anyway so yeah but they're building their fan base to, like you have to look at how you think they're slowly you, you, grooming you, yes, them you, into you, this you, like you, see you you yeah like they know their fan base would explode if it happened like we knew their fan base would explode when they just announced any one of their games for pc right but the thing yeah. is you can't change things overnight. You have to basically lead your audience and prepare them. So what they do is like, okay, member, member fonts. 
you had all these excuses for people for when Detroit become human and Death Stranding were coming to PC, like bending over backwards. Like, well, they don't really own the Death Stranding. Like, that's a, what a, they would come up with all these excuses for why it was yep. okay for those games. But the second Horizon was announced, the community flipped, right? And if you go back and read that interview, he was just like, don't worry. Herman House is like, don't worry, guys. It's just one AAA game. Yep. You know, it's not going to be all of them, right? And then a year later, they're like, we got a whole slate coming. Yep. And and their whole message is, yeah. is like, hey, the best place to play P- these games at launch is going to be PS5. So they've moved past this shock of putting their games on PC to basically telling their fans, like, well, the PS5 is the best place to play it at launch. I think at some point down the road, they'll just, this is all just preparing people for everything to get closer and closer. Sure. Maybe Horizon Forbidden West is two years out. But then, oh, it's a year out. And then, oh, it's six months out. And like, oh, here we go. Now they're launching exactly. day and date on PC. And, I, and then people will just accept, ex- expect it at that point. They're basically just, they're they're hurting their fans to that uh, final conclusion. But it takes time to do that. And it's, some, it's one of the reasons why people were so against the Xbox One DRM strategy, Fonz. Because people were so laser focused on how they've always experienced and bought their physical games and everything that Microsoft changing it up really bothered them. Cause it's like, you don't even give people the choice anymore. Um, taking, taking away something that how it's always been done is always going to lead to backlash. You have to lead people slowly and surely to where you want them to go over time. You know, it's a psychological thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this all pretty much like, uh, I'm thinking that pretty soon, uh, anyways, the the day day and date may not happen for quite some time for PlayStation, but eventually it will, right? I mean, yes, I think eventually. I think eventually it will. Yeah, and and what do you think about a Game Pass system? I mean, they've been pretty vocal about not doing it, and yeah. nothing really suggests that they are. Um, I wish they would. Yeah, I mean, I wish they would too, but it, it doesn't. Nothing so far that they've done suggests that they're on that path. Yeah. Um. So. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, you would think if you would think that would be the thing, but I mean, they talked about how their games are so expensive. It doesn't make any sense. I don't really think maybe Sony doesn't want to absorb the cost, the the loss that it would take for them to essentially get a service up from the ground, put all their games in there and, and lose money for X amount of time. So maybe they also feel that game pass isn't going to change the industry or disrupt the industry that much so it's not worth going after we don't really know their plans uh maybe they have a different plan like they're they they bought those uh anime companies like country roll and stuff and there's talk that they might put those in a a a bigger more expensive playstation subscription maybe they bundle ps plus and ps now together with that and offer it up i don't really know but i i was told that I think people expect them to, but I don't really see any movement toward it. Like I see yeah. movement towards the PC stuff well, I all think, the time. I, you know, it, it's like with any business when changes are made in the industry, and you know, a front runner like Microsoft in this realm where it's where you know they're doing this whole Game Pass thing because they are the front runners for this style of gaming. I mean, there's no other service out there like this for gaming. And uh, I know recently uh, the 2K boss, Mr. Zelnick out there, Strauss Zelnick said, uh, I think he asked Phil during an interview, like, what are we at? Like 30 million subs now? And, you know, Phil kind of laughed it off and said, last time I said anything, it was like 18 mil. Um, do you think they're close to that number right now? 30 mil? Um, I think they're about at 25 million. Yep. Right around there. Um. Uh, if they were at 30 million, Microsoft would tell people about it. They would mm. be bragging about it from the rooftops, telling their investors. And I know like the thought process is, well, he's the CEO of take two. He, if somebody knows the, the subscriber count numbers, it's him. And you know, he said around 30. So 25 million is kind of around 30. Yeah. Um, the, the point he was making is that it was more than 18, that it was a high number. Um, no, I, I think, you know, Jez mentioned that it was $23 million, but then he backtracked because he got the information wrong, which is why I always tell him, make sure you give me your your your, your documents so I can read them for you because you made that mistake. Hmm. Um, I do think 
after Outriders and MLB came out, uh, Game Pass's offerings for the few months after that weren't that great. And I could see why maybe they backslid a little bit because subscription growths are always like people subscribe, then they unsubscribe, then they subscribe. But it's it's usually like the, the graph goes up, right? But you're going to have dips. You're going to have dips when big stuff isn't uh, releasing, right? But that's why Microsoft's goal is to have a big AAA game every single quarter so keep people yeah. subscribed. And there really wasn't anything this first half of the year. Right. I mean, you look at it now. You've uh, they just put Scarlet Nexus in there, which yeah. is uh, like widely uh, loved, and and also the Avengers, which the is Avengers. not widely loved, but well, a lot of people like, are playing it. People like the campaign. I heard really good things about the Black Panther yeah. campaign. Yeah, people um, are playing it right now. Next week, I believe you're gonna you know Back for Blood drops in day one. Uh, there are gonna be more titles. Uh, you know, Forza Horizon Five in November, Halo in December. But I mean, there was like, hey, we had the Ascent and Psychonauts two. Right there, the summer was actually really good. So, um, you know, it's risk it for the biscuit. Said if he was wrong, why take it down? But somebody said Massive Rex says it's back up again. Yeah, I believe it was. I believe it was taken down because they they released it a day early and they pulled it. Gotcha. Um, but you know, I think I I think Game Pass is doing great. Um, Yeah, me too. I think, I think you know, I think the goal is probably. They'll probably hit thirty million at the end of the year after all these things are out. You know, I I think Forza Horizon and Halo and Back for Blood are really going to drive big subscriptions, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's when they announce thirty million. Like they'll be Mm. so it'll be like January, February, so March of so it could be March of next year when they say, hey, our last quarter ending December of twenty twenty one, we hit thirty million. That makes um, sense because I think that's very doable to to hit thirty million yeah. by the end of the year. And then so. you know next year you're going to have Redfield and Star Redfall and Starfield and uh, yeah. and, and whatever and, and, and whatever, whatever other like multiplayer games they get put in there. You know AAA and like because the one and only Grubster Jeffrey Grub Grub, he said that Microsoft has Xbox has billions earmarked for Game Pass stuff. And but, uh, you know so. by the way I want to let people know. Um, I hit up Aaron Greenberg. I sent him uh, the issue on, uh, well, it's not really an issue, but a lot of people were bringing up why the fact, uh, why is the beta for, um, what is the game? Uh, Battlefield 2042, why why don't you need PS Plus, but you you need Xbox Live? And he said he was going to look into it. So I don't know. I, I haven't I believe, heard anything I believe back. betas don't re- have always not required um, PS Plus. For all, oh, really? for all their betas. I think all their really? betas. When, yeah, because I've actually played some betas on PlayStation. Oh, so. And I didn't have PS Plus. I think it's just kind of the thing where it's like okay, their policy gotcha. was like betas don't require PS Plus, but Xbox always required Xbox Live mm. Gold. Yeah. And I think it was just one of those carryovers. Like Battlefield 2042 isn't a free-to-play game. Gotcha. So to Xbox, it's just like whatever. You still need gold. But, you know, for PlayStation, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is kind of always how it worked. You yeah. know, so. Shout out to BitCloud Gaming in the chat. What's up, man? BitCloud. Um, What's going he on, says brother? says hi to you and I. Uh, yeah, so we're at the end of the show, people. That's how fast it goes by. Look at that, Rand. But we could go oh, for another, another hour and a half, Fonz. <laughs> no. We, could. we cannot mean go you, for another hour and a half. Mean you could. You, you and I could sit here and talk for days. Um, I, I know we can. We do. We do. I mean... Uh, you and I, Colt and I, Dealer and I, we can talk forever. But yeah, it's the end of the show, folks. I gotta go, and uh, so 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 does Rand. You know, I gotta respect my guest's time. Yeah, I gotta go uh, read real time. You know, I I do have uh, an important thing to say that on the seventeenth, I have a really special show. Um, I booked a guest that um, I'd say a high profile guest, and uh, he's. Um, uh, he he was in a little game that we've uh, that some of us really like um, recently, and uh, yeah, so I, I booked this guest and I, I'm so excited and, and I can't wait. And that'll be on the 17th, so that'll be in a couple of weeks. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. But Rand, it's about you today, and tell everybody where they can find you. Well, you know where they can find me, Fonz. They can find me on Xbox Live, although not recently. Because I've been playing a lot of, I've been reading a lot of books, reading Wheel of Time. But if you want to check out my content, you can always check it out at youtube.com slash randallthor19. Or, you know, check me out on Twitter. I don't really tweet much. Um, 
but it's Randall Thor 19 with underscores in between everything. But, you know, it was a lot of fun being on Fonz. The hour flew Thank by, you, you know, it's like it does. Five nice. o- what is it? Five o five. Now we're five minutes over the hour mark, right? Yeah, yeah. We're five minutes over. So that's what happens when you play a, a you know some some E three videos of, of me at me at E three. Hey, it had to be done. It had yeah. to be done. I appreciate what, you. What were you out, gonna man. do if I didn't pick that though? I would have played it anyway. Oh, you would have played it anyways. Okay. Yeah, you, I would have said, "What about like, this experience right this? here?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would have been like, "It's better than this." Look yeah. at this, Rand. You know, I would have called you out on it. So, yeah. Anyways, um, it was awesome to have you, man. And awesome for these uh, f- folks out here that show up. Uh, you know, every week I've got a lot of folks out here that show up literally every week. And I appreciate you guys so much. And those of you that can't show up all the time, I really appreciate you too. Those of you listening on all the podcast platforms, thank you. Because my show is out there on all the streaming platforms. I, I really appreciate any way you listen to the show or watch the show. Uh, it really means a lot. And uh, yeah, like I said, I got good guests coming up. And uh, all my guests have been fantastic, in my opinion. Um, I've loved every episode so far. I think this is episode 19. So next week will be the, the 20th episode. And uh, I'm going to just, you know, I, I'm just going to keep pushing with the show. I know I took a break last week, but I had to uh, the, I had to do something. But, yeah, I'm going to keep pushing with this show. And until next time, guys, please just, you know, have a great time. Play the Halo Flight as long as you can. I don't know if it's over, Rand, but play it as long as you can this weekend. Have fun. Game on, folks. And I will see you next week.